I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. We're two whiskey pals serving a weekly whiskey podcast and rocking your whiskey world. Exploring the whiskies and distilleries of the world and meeting amazing people along the way. We'll be sticking our noses into our jams and all things whiskey. So fill your whiskey glass and join the fun. You're listening to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. Welcome listeners. For today's episode, we have been shopping some supermarket whiskies. Woohoo! Yeah, we have all seen those random Scotch whiskey names on the shelves and wondering, are they actually any good, especially with those price points? For sure. So don't you fear if you haven't bought any yet. Today, we will find out and share our findings. Yes, we've both bought two bottles each to offer you as much feedback as possible. But before we chat into our supermarket buys, let's stick our noses into that latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. New association launched to protect cask whisky customers and uphold the reputation of the Scotch industry. The Cask Whisky Association, CWA, a new organization established to create a safe environment for whisky enthusiasts and customers to buy and sell casks. The CWA is made up of two boards of members and advisors and includes cask whisky businesses, distilleries, independent bottlers, whisky experts and authors, as well as legal and insurance professionals working within the sector. By setting past practices in cask whisky ownership and sale, the association aims to protect customers and the wider whisky industry. The chairman of the advisory board and spokesman for the CWA, Colin Hamden White, says... The association's goal is to uphold the overall reputation of the Scotch whisky industry. Well, this has blown up in the news, hasn't it, Inca? It definitely did. So at first I was thinking, oh yeah, that sounds kind of good. You know, this it's a bit of a wild west, isn't it really? Exactly. So maybe that's good, well intended on first read, yeah. Yes, but there's been articles in different online newspaper, online sites and also People are kind of sharing their opinions on social media. Yeah, very strong opinions about that it's all a bit dodgy-dodgy and it's all just part of the kind of cowboy situation and that there's people with very invested interests and it's maybe not as helpful as it would be presented as being. That That's kind of the yeah. general gist that I've picked up. What about it's you? A, yeah, definitely. And like they are saying that they're independent and impartial, but actually even this uh, chairman that we mentioned earlier he is actually a director of a whiskey cask investment company. Mm. So there's a lot of these who are basically, you know, are they then just trying to get people to buy more from them? Or I don't know, it just doesn't seem quite as good as it did on the first. We speak a wee bit about this whole issue, don't we? In an article that we were interviewed by Peter Wilson of the Super Posh Spears magazine. And as you know, we've covered the topic of cask investment way back early on. Since then, I think I've you know, the more I learn about the whiskey industry, the less I feel I know. Um, I may have mentioned before I decided to move on and sell my cask, so I'm no longer an investor in whiskey, as you still are, Inca. It's a very controversial area with lots of hot opinions flying around. Yeah, definitely. I think I don't feel so, I understand why you did it, but for for me, I don't feel as nervous because I'm buying direct from the distillery. Sure. It feels a bit more... I don't have to worry about it too much. For sure, a bit more legit. Yeah. 
Canadian town lifts prohibition law after a whopping 121 years. Yes, that's right. You heard correctly. The town of Cardston in Alberta, one of Canada's few remaining dry towns, has voted to remove laws forbidding the sale of alcohol. Last week, the town council voted in favour of allowing limited liquor sales by permitting restaurants and some recreational facilities such as golf courses the right to apply for liquor licences. I mean, who would even live in a town with no booze? I know, city like, called Dalswell. I know, like, I think I'd rather be in prison because at least you would get some smuggled in. <laughs> Despite the easing of anti-alcohol laws, bars, liquor stores and alcohol delivery services will still be prohibited from operating in Cardston. The Mormon-funded town, oh I don't mean any disrespect Mormons because I respect all religions and non-drinking behaviours of course, which has maintained its prohibition laws long after the rest of the province axed them in 1923, has thwarted two previous attempts. In 1957 and in 2014, whoa, no, still no booze. But they have succeeded now and that's the alcohol ban lifted. Yeah, I was reading actually that they, the people obviously have to always go outside the town to buy any booze if they wanted to drink at home. Saxarag-owned Buffalo Trace Distillery will open its first brand home outside the US in London's Covent Garden this December. Exciting. Oh, Covent Garden is lovely in London, isn't it? I know, I keep just seeing all the stuff happening in London, all these different distilleries and places and I feel like just really need to do a trip to London at some point. I know we keep getting invited to cool stuff in London and we're like oh we're not even there. Yeah as well as selling some of the brand's whiskies such as Buffalo Trace Bourbon, Eagle Rare and Saxerac Rye the store will offer an immersive central experience concluding with the tasting experience and visitors can choose from two tasting experiences. Whiskey Sisters! Over the last few years, the perception of whiskey has started to shift from an expensive old man's drink to be enjoyed in a certain way to a product that is really available to all. Men, women, young and old, whiskey cocktails also becoming more popular. Due to these changes in perception, more and more people, thankfully, are trying whiskey. And if you're looking for an affordable um, place for a bottle. Supermarkets are offering some very decent options these days, sometimes have really good brands at good prices. While Scotch whisky must be distilled and matured in Scotland, it is produced by hundreds of companies all over the world. A lot of these supermarket brands come from big name distilleries under contract or independent bottlers. Most distilleries in Scotland actually sell whisky to be used for different labels or sell it in bulk to be shipped abroad. Ian MacLeod Distillers were one of the first ones to sell whiskey to supermarkets to be used for their own labels. Other companies that do it are Angus Dundee Distillers, Douglas Lang, Loch Lomond Group, White & McKee, and Quality Spirits International, which is owned by William Grant & Sons. And Alexander Murray and Company was the first independent bottler to create a private label whiskey for a store in the U.S., and today they work with Costco, Total Wine and Walmart. It's a big production there. Uh, there are several other indie bottlers who work as agencies for these random labels. So there's quite a few Scottish yeah. brands basically behind. 
Absolutely. Over the last few years, the quality of own brand supermarket whiskies has also greatly improved. Aldi and Lidl by far have the biggest range of options and a few have consistently won awards. So both Lidl and Aldi's whiskies have names that don't relate to the distillery, but have been made up to create the range and they simply like sound Scottish. From sweeter, sherried, Speyside single malts to smoky Isla whiskies, the main supermarket whiskies include a great range that caters for all tastes and some are even award-winning bottles. Maldi's own label Scotch whisky brands include the Highland Black and Highland Earl blends, Glen Oren blended malts, Glen Manoch, a single malt whisky expression from Isla, the Highlands and Speyside at the variety of ages and unbranded single grain scotch whiskey as well so quite a selection there they also uh, released a really good value Glenbridge 40 year old single malt back in 2011 for just under 50 pounds for a 40 year old wow yeah i know that's incredible so good and i think just because of the price points you know the quality can very much be there and it's really um, reflected in the awards being won it's pretty cool because whiskey is a luxury product, right? It's not a staple for everyone, but it's so nice if more people, it's accessible um, for all price points. Exactly. And we don't have to be totally like snobbish about, oh, I'm only drinking Macallan or some things to be like that. Like, yeah. You, know, you can find tasty whiskies other ways as well. It doesn't have to be a well-known brand. For sure. Steak is good, but so is a dodgy burger. No, but that's not even a good analogy. Cut that (laughs) out, Inca. That's a bad one. The first record of Scotch whisky being bottled for Fortnum and Mason is dated in 1887, though the first concrete ascription of a Fortnum and Mason-owned label bottling of Scotch whisky was in 1933, according to the company's archived wine catalogues. Lidl has released an assortment of own-label Scotch whiskies for several years now, including the Queen Margot and Abrachan blends, Glenorchy Vatted Malt, as well as the Glenalba and Ben Brachan single malts. The latter two brands have been bottled under a variety of age statements, offering extremely good value for money, with Ben Bracken also available in region-themed NAS formats. NAS meaning no-aged statements. Yeah, and actually, the Ben Bracken is something I tried before. Ben Bracken is the one that won some awards for Lidl. I think they were selling them £17, and they had like a sherried expression, peated one, and so on. And I entered in some raffle here in Florence in a pub, and I won a bottle of Ben Bracken. Oh, <laughs> so cool. I was laughing like, oh, what is even this brand? I've never even heard of it. Mm-hmm. But it was really good. I think it was the sherry one that I won, and it was very tasty. That's brilliant. I've not tried that one yet, but would absolutely be keen to do so. Yeah, if you have a little nearby, anyone, go and check it out. Definitely. Dram on fire. So, okay, I managed to get a single malt and a blended scotch whiskey. Ooh, good for you. I only could get two blends. So I'm going to start with the blend, blended scotch. This one is called McDonald's gold blended scotch whiskey and it's bottled at 40% ABV. Actually, when I was researching this, I hardly found any information at all. But one website, a uh, whiskey auctioneer website, <laughs> popped up and someone like is trying to bid or t- 
sell this bottle. And the winning bid was £15. And I bought this from the supermarket for six fifty nine. What? <laughs> yeah. I know, which is like £5.70. <laughs> no way. I know. It's probably too cheap to be any good, which, you know, I can tell you. But that you never not. know. You never know. But I couldn't find any details about which blends, what goes in it, or anything at all. And even the bottle doesn't really say anything. And when I was Googling McDonald's, it just came up with Irish whiskey. And this is definitely Scottish. Huh. Yeah. But yeah, it was very light yellow. The nose was kind of fermented, fermented fruit, stewed mm-hmm. peaches and raisins. There was some marmalade, like, a, you know, more like bitter marmalade. Mm-hmm. Something damp. And again, like I was thinking fermented pineapple or or something like you know in your compost when you have like leftover fruits in there and they're in a hot environment they just start kind of smelling and raw banana ah and pleasant-ish it was very too fermented like it wasn't not not great it could have been worse i guess but the palate was really light Mm -hmm. spicy at first then there was some grassy green notes and some barley note, like just tastes like barley and some citrus. And it was really quite flat. Like it was really hard to find like these tasting notes. Yeah. And the finish was super duper short, oaky, and then kind of like a popcorn-y aftertaste. You know, when you had oily Mm -hmm. popcorn and you're just kind of still feel that oiliness in your mouth. So yeah, now I'm just wondering what am I going to do with this one? <laughs> Probably use it for cooking or something. It was, <laughs> I would say it was barely drinkable. Oh, like, I wouldn't serve it to anyone. <laughs> you wouldn't serve it to anyone. And it's wee price point. I kind of feel like just like, oh, bless. I know. I know. Was it a cute bottle? Mm, I'll, I'll post pictures for socials as well so people can see. But I wish I would have had the Ben Bracken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead. Yeah. So how about you? What's your first one? Okay, so my first one is VAT69. But let me tell you about my shopping experience first, Inca. Mm-hmm. So now last week I said I wasn't feeling so well, so I really wasn't feeling well at all when I was shopping. And I thought, oh, I think I've got a sore throat and I need some ice cream. That was my logic. Okay. And then I thought, oh, I need to get my whiskies. And then I thought, I felt I had a weak moment, so I also get some crisps, right? And no proper food. So... <laughs> I was going round with my little trolley with two super cheap whiskies, a tub of ice cream and crisps, and I just didn't want anyone to see me at the checkout. Because <laughs> I just thought, oh, people will look in that basket and pass judgment. Yeah. They will look think at that, that woman. Yeah. Carlos again, like in Finland, just drinking <laughs> and eating on your own. <laughs> For sure, because it was just before like dinner time, and they're like, "Look at what that woman's buying for her dinner. She's got problems." And but I was kind of nonchalant, and I just bought it all anyway, quickly at the self scanner. Okay, I uh, know. Actually, just quickly to say, also similar stuff happened to me, like awkwardness, because I bought two bottles, and then I picked up the single mold. So they, it was just a box. Uh-huh. So they, when I got to that till, they're like, oh, we need to go and get it from the, you know, <laughs> just behind the lock and key and all that. So there was massive queue coming behind me and they're just like trying to get me. The woman is calling someone like, can you go and get this whiskey? And I already have another bottle of whiskey and that thing. And oh, yeah. Everyone's judging. Yeah, for sure. 
Did you see that woman in the supermarket holding everyone up for her second bottle of whiskey? (laughs) (laughs) We stand strong, we're dedicated to our cause. Okay, so I'm not sure how accurate this information is on VAT69. It's a blended Scotch whiskey produced by Diageo in Scotland, um, created by William Sanderson and Son of South Queensferry. So I also found this out. Hold the bus. I should be more organized, Inca. So again, I'm not sure if my sources are good. However, apparently this whiskey was chosen by Sir Ernest Shackleton to accompany him on his Imperial Transantarctic Expedition of 1914 for medicinal and celebratory purposes. And also famously the favourite whiskey of Captain Lewis Nixon of the 506th Parachute Inventory Regiment, immortalised in the book and TV series Band of Brothers. Yeah, I read something about that as well. And do you remember, it was one of our first episodes, um, I think it was in season one, when we mentioned that guy Shackleton, because he took loads of whiskey with him and then they got buried under the ice and they only just found them a while ago. Is that the same one? Yeah, that's the same one. But I don't know if it was that whiskey. I got a feeling it was a different whiskey, but it was kind of like, you know, he definitely liked his whiskies. Well, I do quite like the phrase for medicinal and celebratory purposes. I might use that one in different contexts with different whiskies. Right, VAT69, on the nose, I was getting white musk, you know, like white musky perfume, a little bit of canned peach, wee bit of banana skin, but the inside of a banana skin. I thought it would be a bit sweeter considering the nose, but I found the palate quite citrusy, lemony, grapefruity and oat biscuity and quite a long lemon peel finish and also mildly antiseptic. There's like a cream called Savlon that's a kind of antiseptic cream and I was getting hints of that on the finish. But it was antiseptic-y but not unpleasant. Oh, Mm. so would you be sipping that in the future? No, well, you have the bottle. No, I don't think I would be sipping it in the future because it wasn't like rocking my world, but I was kind of pleasantly surprised. Yeah. The whiskey bitches are back. Yeah, I think because also the bottle design or the label design is not like super inviting, is it? Like that green bottle and black label with the big letters and that very basic. Nine, yeah. yeah. But I also saw, actually, because you sent me a picture of that yesterday, and I saw that it used to be the 10th best-selling whiskey in the, Scots whiskey in the world. Or whiskey. Go. I think just whiskey in general. All those gazillions of people can't be wrong. Back in the day. Yeah. So you think you'll be drinking that bottle? No, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking whiskey. <laughs> you can make, you know, sauce for a steak or something. For sure. Okay, so this one is funny because so the first whiskey I found from the bottom shelf in the supermarket. <laughs> and this one, the single malt, was on the top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Deveron Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, which mm-hmm. cost me twenty nine ninety uh, in euros, which is £26. Although I saw that in the UK it cost about £37. So what's that about? Oh, there we yeah. go. Mm. So it's made in a town called Macduff, in a distillery called Macduff. The distillery is the most northeasternly distillery in Scotland, and next to River Devron, where this 
whiskey gets its name. And the distillery was built in 1960 to tap into the post-war whiskey boom. And at one point, the distillery actually had an Italian owner, Martini and Rossi, who upped the number of the stills back uh, to five in 1990. And then they released some whiskies under name Glendevron. And actually, this distillery is still releasing Glendevron and the Devron, which is slightly confusing. Later on, Martini merged with Bacardi, and in 1995, Macduff became part of the Dürer stable. So basically, oh. it's owned, confusingly, it's owned by John Dürer and Sons, whose parent company is Bacardi. Wow. So anyway, this was actually quite nice. I wow. Say, cool. I will be sipping away with this one for sure. So mm-hmm. had kind of classic whiskey color, evening sun, barley fields, you know, that kind of nice mm-hmm. goldeny, nice color. Actually, on the package, it says like toffee, apples, and something else. I was getting on the nose apple strudels, puff pastry, icing sugar, or like that kind of glazing icing thing that they put sometimes on croissants, for example. Mm-hmm. There's definitely apples and pears, orchard fruits, and some caramel fudge sweetness. So it was quite sweet. And the palate was quite sweet. I, at first, I was thinking tablet, Scottish tablet little bit of citrus then it was kind of salty there as well and actually now because i looked at the location after i tried it and it's very close to the sea so the saltiness and all that makes sense mm-hmm. um i was getting toffee apples black pepper salted toffee milk chocolate kind of like those toffee fair sweets mm-hmm. that have the nuts inside and the chocolate and caramel and some honey on the finish there was oak and salted peanuts kind of like saltiness from the peanuts but also how the peanuts leave the kind of aftertaste in your mouth as well oh nice yeah but it was like it was good but how nice because you generally i'm guessing wouldn't have gone to buy that had we not been doing this episode yeah although it has very nice color like packaging color is like very turquoise which is just oh i'm always drawn to that but yeah because i don't know the name or anything but it was yeah it was nice and they actually recommend also one of the recommended serves are is um apple highball with a single malt and then cloudy lemonade, two slices of fresh green apple, optional soda top, and yeah, garnish with the green apple. Amazing. I'm keen to try that now. I'll send you a sample. I'm due to send you some samples anyway. I can send you a wee one. Nice. Okay, so my second whiskey is William Lawson's. Have you seen this sexy, sexy bottle around with the man with a kilt on that looks yeah. a bit like the images of Jesus and it's kind of skinny and I've always seen it around and been kind of curious. Yeah, I actually, that was one of the ones I was eyeing as well earlier oh. in the supermarket. So I couldn't find too much information, but William Lawson's is a brand of blended Scotch whiskey owned by Bacardi. Yes. It's owned by the same company as this single malt that I was just talking about. Exactly. So how amazing is that? Okay. And I found their website and it's actually quite gallus and funny and there's a horse and all that on it. It says, don't feed my unicorn and it's all just quite cheeky. So I'm quite loving their website. Anyway, I didn't have high expectations of this whiskey because I was being judgy. I think because the price point is quite low. Yeah. is uh, around £10 in the UK, about 12, 11 or 12 euros in the rest of Europe. Okay, so the William Lawson blended whiskey is bottled at 40% ABV and I'm loving the bottle. 
So the color was very whiskey-ish color. It actually reminded me of the color of the 12-year-old Bowmore, kind of like a standard whiskey golden. Mm-hmm. Notes-wise, I kind of got like malted breakfast cereal, uh, you know, with dried apple. I was struggling in the nose and I'm not sure if that's because I'm a little bit congested or because there's not much going on. On the palate, I got kind of burnt popcorn kernels, maybe some sweet almonds, kind of felt a little bit thin and watery in the mouth, maybe a wee bit of nutmeg spice, and the finish I found quite sugary and short. Okay. But I think I think I expected it to be less pleasant than it was. I wasn't <laughs> offended or I wasn't thinking, oh, gross, like I shouldn't be drinking this. Yeah. Potentially for somebody that likes whiskey and is on a mega budget, you know, might not be a bad shout. You know, I actually thought that because I had a feeling that some of these supermarket brands that I've seen are selling really well around the world. So that the William Lawson one actually is currently, at least two years ago, was number four Scotch whiskey around the world when no it comes to way. sales. Yeah. When it comes to sales, it's very um, on, on the top there. Yeah. Well, funny, I was speaking to somebody in Portugal and he was telling me he loves whiskey and he was asking a bit about whiskey and, and, and things, but he had never tried a lot of the brands that a lot of people would be aware of in Scotland and he would drink, you know, the kind of William Lawson's type of whiskies and right. absolutely loves them. And it did make me think there'll be a lot of people that enjoy whiskey that won't necessarily, you know, be enjoying the the names that you know, we've covered before in the podcast. So yeah, it's good to expand our mind and explore. Yeah, I think for my experience now, I would say there's definitely way more supermarket choices in the UK and probably like in Germany or somewhere because obviously Lidl and Aldi aren't they actually, aren't they both from Germany? I so, think so. Like those supermarkets, I guess you can get I know I should have actually I went to just like an Italian supermarket maybe I should have gone to Lidl or Aldi but I don't know where the closest one is <laughs> <laughs> but anyway I would say that there's probably much more choice in the UK and in the US probably on these bigger supermarkets like Tesco's, Vetro's, you know Sainsbury's all these ones and they have much more single malts I feel like some countries in Europe there's a lot of those blends that are going around yeah for sure. And we've we've covered the fact before that we're more that we are way more open to blends than we've ever been. So yeah, overall I think our supermarket shop was the best. There was one good one, the single malt. So <laughs> surprise, surprise. But let us know your discoveries and your feelings about supermarket whiskies and if you tried anything good that you would recommend. Yeah, for sure. I think one good one, two not unpleasant and one meh is the conclusion, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. So, um, I found a few little va- uh, vax, vax. God, I can't even speak anymore. Two, I found two facts. <laughs> maybe the maybe that six euro whiskey has numbed your tongue, Inca. I know. So you know how you said that you really liked the the man on the label of Yeah. Yeah, the William Lawson. So I was kind of intrigued by that as well. So I tried to see if there's any information. Like, who is, is a good, 
He's got a good strong calf, quite a cocksure stance. His hair's billowing in the wind. He's got a good beard on him. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like the guy on the bottle. He's he's got a good Scottish swagger about him. Highly acclaimed for the crafted drink label designs, Stranger and Stranger commissioned Chris Mitchell to create an illustrated Highlander to feature as the character icon for the rebrand of William Lawson's blended Scotch whiskey. And this rugged, confident character crafted in a bold woodcut illustration style helps to project the vintage history, personality and flavor of this best-selling Scotch blend brand. There you go. Yeah. Well, see, it's working because you reached for that bottle and I almost reached for that bottle. There you go. And if they'd put somebody that looked a bit forlorn that was just like sitting on a bench looking at the ground, we wouldn't have bought it. Mm -hmm. And then I have another one about the VAT 69. Okay. I'm glad you didn't mention, I was just hoping you don't mention this. It was created by the lead born blender William Sanderson in 1882. And according to the legend, he vatted 100 casks and invited a panel of friends to taste them blind. And the 69th cask was unanimously declared be the best and the name stuck. Ah, oh, really? And that's why it's called that? Yeah. So that's it's not good. just a cheeky pun. No, and imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but imagine like what a good evening that would have been. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I'm surprised they got that far. I know. I wonder how many friends and how many how many days they actually took. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Excellent. <gasps> Love those whiskey facts. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. So next week we'll be exploring some more Tom and Tilsel. Super looking forward to that. Yes, actually now I'm really looking forward to this as well because obviously Glenn Cadden took me by surprise. Dark Horse. Yes, and you know, I told you that I went back for the 16, no, 15. Um, 15, mm -hmm. And I also tried to resample the 10-year-old and I was really enjoying it, like much more again. Mm -hmm. I guess it just depends really depends on the time and what you yeah but it was really enjoyable so i'm definitely converted and i will be sampling more from glenn Cadum. so now tommy and tool as well i haven't tried so many from them i think you have huh? tried more so yeah i'm i'm excited and you know the usual if you haven't already make sure you follow us on instagram at the whiskey sisters podcast on x you know is it x or is it like a kiss you know that you put on a message who knows uh, maybe we should say the new twitter yeah <laughs> the new twitter <laughs> at whiskey sisters and facebook at whiskey sisters podcast may your glasses be full lovelies and your drums on fire well supermarket queen inca holding up the aisles with your whiskey buying i'll see you next time see you next time toodaloo Toodaloo. <laughs> Toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs>